Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. I'll be known as RMT. You know, I'm gonna start, I think I'm gonna start using um, the RMT slogan a lot more. Uh, it's sexy, uh, good vibes. Uh, I, I feel with like a podcast, it's like you guys know I'm Alex Riddle, but you know, RMT is just like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of badass. I like it. Uh, we're gonna be diving into the pain that we're all suffering right now uh, after the White Sox uh, couldn't get past the Houston Astros, losing 3-1 in the ALDS. Really good Astros team, uh, but still a sad ending uh, to an awesome season uh, for the boys. Uh, boys will be back. Um, it just sucks having to wait another year for it, but they're they're just beginning. They're just, they're just starting out. Um, you can't win it right away uh, as much as we want to. Um, and and credit the Astros, they've reached now five straight ALCSs. So, I mean, they're the real deal. Uh, but there are some positives that we're going to talk about uh, with the White Sox. So not all bad, uh, but obviously this one's going to sting for a while. Um, I I can't watch baseball playoffs <laughs> anymore after that. Um, re- really no point. Um, but enough about that. We're also going to be uh, diving into some... Uh, NBA uh, Bulls segments are back uh, as the Bulls start their season next week. I uh, see there's always positives. Uh, the Al- the Alex Caruso era beginning uh, next Wednesday against Detroit. Um, so we'll see if all this preseason hype is for real. Um, and and it's exciting to have you know we got Bears playing pretty good football right now. Bulls are starting. Maybe there's some you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. Charlotte fans, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, but we might have something to watch this upcoming winter. Um, and then, of course, we will have our Fickner Cup Fantasy Pod segment to end uh, the show today. So, lots of good stuff. Let's get after it. So, I want to start off the show today by talking about the White Sox. Um, I was hoping that on this, you know, at this point on the next podcast, we'd be discussing a Game 5 win in Houston. Talking about our matchup with the Boston Red Sox. We'd be going. Juices would be flowing. That's just not the case. It's not what happened. We did win one game. And I did happen to be at that game uh, with the boys. It was an unbelievable experience. Being down 5-1, you know, 2-0 in the series. Pretty much everyone thought, oh, I don't know how it's going to go. Leary Legend and Yasmani Grandal. Leading the charge. Yasmani with a two-run bomb in the third with two outs. And then Leary following it up with a three-run bomb. His longest home run of his career. Leary, we've had an up-and-down relationship. He's the longest tenured member on the White Sox. He's been there for nine years. Uh, and, you know, I've shit on him a lot. Uh, for good reason. He's, you know, he's always up, you know, with guys on base with two outs when you really need him. Never comes through. Literally never. 
but he's been, you know, he's been pretty good the second half of this season. You know, he's been pretty consistent. He's been pretty clutch for the White Sox. He can play any position. So, you know, with the injuries they've had, he's been, you know, it's pretty amazing that he made one game, he's playing second base. At, by the end of that game, he's playing right field. So it's, you know, it's cool to have a guy that can do all those things. Uh, and then just to come through like that, you know, defying all all the odds, uh, Leary Garcia with the, you know, go-ahead home run in the third inning. Sox ultimately winning 12-6. to six. I'll, I'll definitely never forget that moment. I mean, there's, you know, it, in the section, everybody was jumping around, hugging each other that, you know, it was people that we were talking to, uh, like behind, you know, sitting behind us and next to us. Uh, and then everyone, you know, all of a sudden just couldn't believe what they were saying. So, uh, so naturally, it was a pretty good end of the game. You know, Sox kind of handled it. Their bullpen was awesome. And you thought, okay, this is what they need. You know, they bring the backs against the wall. They come back. We're going to get them in game four. Um, and then, you know, game four started with Gavin Sheets' home run. Boys are buzzing once again. It's happening. And then the Astros scored 10, 10 unentered runs and those hopes pretty quickly. Um, fucking Lance McCullers, man. He is just, he's had a number all season. Uh, and he had it once again on Tuesday. Help with a great bullpen. You know, he probably was like, you know, not his best outing against us, but he still only let up that home run. Uh, he still was dominant. Um, and then the Astros offense, they just came to play. They're, you know, Rodon had that third inning, walked the bases loaded. And then Craig got that hit. It kind of changed everything. Sox really could never get the momentum back. Um, the crowd, you know, obviously gave it all they had. But by the fourth, fifth inning, you you, you kind of knew uh, that it was over. I mean, it's pretty sad, you know, when you know that. Just because it's like, wow, you put, you know, all this work into getting here. And then it just ends just like that in just kind of gross fashion against the fucking Astros who nobody likes. But that's sports. It's sports for you. That's that's life. You gotta lose a lot before you win. My Washington Nationals. I think they lost in the first round with Bryce Harper. Every time his whole tenure there, so that was like three straight years of losing in the first round. And then finally, when they won that crazy wild card game, you know, in twenty nineteen with Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, um, that was their tipping point. And then they didn't just win one series; they won the whole thing. And I think that's kind of I mean. That was and the funny thing about the national season is you, no one expected them to do that um, because you know losing Harper and whatnot. Not sure how healthy Strasburg and Scherzer would be, but the team just came. The, the team just came together, you know, and they just played amazing. Um, and you know they had that one exciting year, and they still have Juan Soto, so the future is you know they still have a chance. But you know, losing Scherzer, Trey Turner, Rendon. I mean, they're in a totally different spot, obviously. Um, so, but that was. It, I don't want to call it a fluke for the Nasty Nats, but in a way it was. You know, it was that one year, you know, random team that wins it. You know, that's not the Giants, Dodgers, Yankees. You know, it's the Nationals for 2019. But the White Sox, I expect, you know, I expect them to be good for the next, you know, 10 years at least. You know, that's the type of roster they've built. They're all so young. Um, so, you know, there is an accomplishment in the fact that we've made the playoffs for the two years in a row for the first time ever in history. You know, it would be nice to win one of those, but we didn't. But we're we're here. We're here to stay. We're going to be good. We're going to be dominating the Central for the next for foreseeable future. I don't see the Central, you know, giving us too many problems. Uh, but in a way, you know, it's almost like you want your division to be good because you see teams that are battle tested the whole year tend to play better in the playoffs. I mean, just look at the Red Sox. They were battling the Blue Jays, Yankees. 
uh, Rays the whole season. And that's definitely battle-tested them. So, in a way, you kind of hope for your division you know, not to be shitty because, in a way, the White Sox were kind of sleepwalking for a part of the season. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, they had pretty good... I mean, honestly, pretty good. The Astros did dominate them 5-2 in the regular season. But they usually played pretty decent against good teams, even if they didn't win. Um, I know they split the series in series with the Rays. Um, the Blue Jays, the... I'm pretty sure the Sox split that with the Blue Jays, too. Um, I'm pretty sure they won the series with the Red Sox, or they tied that as well. So, like, they're right there with those good teams. I um, mean, you know what? The Astros are just... I mean, they might win it all this year. Um, they have that type of team. They have that deep offense. And it's... I mean, they've as I said in the, in the beginning, this is their fifth AL... Or, you know, yeah, ALCS. So, I mean, they're the real deal, unfortunately. Cheaters or not. It was pretty cool... Having the Sox Stadium just yell, you know, cheaters and, you know, fuck El Tuve. That was pretty fun. Um, no one's going to forget that for those scumbags. You know, they're still there winning. So, you know, unfortunately, they're kind of erasing their own history because they're showing they can win without cheating. Let's, you know, assuming they're not still doing the same old shit, uh, which, is, which I don't think they are. I mean, I don't know why they would. They don't need to. They're so good. Uh, but ultimately, you know what? Not a, you know... Some people will say it's a failed season for the White Sox. Uh, I'm not going to say that. You know, they made it to the playoffs. I would have liked to see them, you know, win the World Series, but that didn't happen. Only one team gets to do it. So, you know what? If if you're judging it by those metrics, then pretty much your whole life, every year is a fail. Or a failure, I should say. Which, you know, I had so much fun watching the White Sox. You know, this year they were, you know, it's it's fun rooting for a team when you're, like, surprised that they lost instead of, you know, surprised that they win. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it with that quote there. Um, you know, great season for the Sox. They'll be back. Boys will be back. Don't, don't give up Sox fans. Don't, don't get too depressed through. They're going to be back. They're going to be good for a long time. It's now time to talk some Bulls. Bulls segments are back. They're always so fun, like right now, because, you know, we have no expectations. Um, but our, our expectations are a little higher because we look good. With our new players, everyone's hyping them up. I am kind of scared of the overhype. Uh, I already saw a poll, like, the Bulls are in the lead for, you know, for which team, or which team people think is, is going to be the most improved this year. I don't, I don't, I haven't, they haven't done anything yet. We, we need to see them play real games, um, you know, that mean something. Because these preseason games, yeah, it's all fun right now, which is, you know, it's better seeing them, like, look good in preseason than, like, look bad. Lonzo's shot, he's hitting over 60% from three. Caruso looks good. DeRozan's solid. Levine, doing Levine things. So it's like, okay, we're doing something. Um, if For those of you that, you know, haven't tracked the Bulls, I assume most of you have that are listening to this. Um, but those that, those that haven't, the Bulls made some pretty big moves in the offseason. Uh, getting Lonzo Ball, um, getting DeMar DeRozan, and also Alex Caruso. Um, kind of random, you know, I, Lonzo's been rumored for a while, people really wanted him, and I mean, I always saw it, I just knew, didn't know if it was going to happen, but that worked out, DeRozan kind of came out of nowhere, along with Caruso, I wasn't like sure, I'm like, oh damn, I'm like, Caruso, but honestly, I've watched so many Lakers games, they're always on TNT, he looked pretty good with the Lakers, I think he could be a solid contributor um, for the you know, the second unit, or occasionally, you know, playing with the first unit. That's kind of what he did in um, L.A., is he would come off the bench 
and then he ended up, you know, playing with the starters a lot too. So I mean, I, I'm sure he'll be all over the place. The Bulls always are. They always battle with injuries uh, and whatnot, and just lineup change. But I mean, if that's starting five, um, I believe what's going to be uh, Kobe White, uh, Levine, P. Will, uh, DeRozan, Vucevic. I mean, I'm down for that. I think you know this is a huge year for Kobe White. Um, you know, if Caruso's outperforming, him, you know, I could totally see that flip flopping. Um, that's what he started doing. I mean, Caruso's, I think, a huge. I mean, Sadoransky was, you know, a solid player. I, I, I like Caruso better than, you know, than Sado. Um, I think ultimately just athletic ability. But ultimately, the Bulls, this is what we're working with next week. They start off the season in Detroit. On Wednesday night. They are then home on Friday against the Pelicans. And then they are home on Saturday against who else other than Detroit again. So you get two games against Detroit that first week. And you play a solid Pelicans team. You know, a Zion, Brandon Ingram team that, okay, they're good. Definitely can beat them at home, though, I think. You know, Pelicans defense never very good. Lonzo revenge game. But it's going to be telling those first three games. I'm not basing the season off, you know, three games. You know, bad teams tend to play better in the beginning of the season. But, you know, it'd be very discouraging if we get out of that series or out of those three games, either going like 1-2 and two or, uh, you know, 0-3, oh you know, worst-case scenario. you got to beat the Pistons here. I know they got Kate Cunningham, um, you know, first pick of the draft, Oklahoma State phenom. But I, the Bulls, let's see if they can take care of business now. You know, when it counts, can the Bulls – Come through for the squad. And this will, Bulls, if you can just be relevant this year, you know, be a playoff team, a lower seed, that would just be, uh, that would just be amazing. I mean, I think, you know, it's tough keep to keep talking about the Bulls if they're not good because there's just really nothing to say besides rant about them. And I feel bad just shitting on them on the whole, you know, that's all I do is shit on them on the bottom of that pod. Uh, but I think they're going to be, um, pretty good this year. I think they're going to be solid. I think they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. In fact, you know what? I'm calling it here. They will make the playoffs this year. Um, I'm I'm going to believe in the hype. I'm put it out there. I'm hopefully I'm not giving them trades. I tend to do that, but I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, who knows about the ball? I just want to see. I haven't seen them play a meaningful game yet. So you you gotta like level with me here. I'm not trying to jump on the you know the hype train too early or not get on it. I just. Let me see them play for a couple weeks, and I will have a better judgment on this team. But you know what? Nothing but good vibes right now from the Bulls. That's why I said earlier, you know, they haven't played yet. All's good. Everyone can think whatever they want. Um, It's Bulls basketball. You know, United Center's back. Got to love that. So we're going to be going to games this year. Um, So UC's going to be bumping. That could maybe have a good effect uh, on the good mojo for the Bulls. But I'm excited for the NBA to start. Um, just like that, next week is opening day. So, you know, baseball's, you know, winding down, obviously still going with the, you know, ALCS and LCS World Series. But it's basketball season now. Um, it's it's a great time of the year. Riddle's Rant of the Week. Bang, bang, what's the hang? My Riddle's Rant of the Week. I'm going back to the NBA. It's directly going to Kyrie Irving. I can't take this. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not. 
But Kyrie, um, he's refusing to get the vaccine, which will not allow him to play in home games for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, so it's mandated they give him a vaccine to play, just like the Warriors have in California, which I assume a lot of teams are going to develop too. I just imagine that happening. I mean, most of the NBA has a vaccine, mostly, you know, everybody. But, you know, the one star in particular that's not getting it right now is Kyrie. And he's stating now that it's not about, you know, he's not taking a stance that he doesn't believe in the vaccine, but he's taking a stance against the people that have lost their jobs due to vaccine mandates. I mean, bro, get real here. I mean, you are literally, it's not even about the money at this point. You're you're not helping your team here. Yeah, you're losing money. He has plenty of money. So the, the, that that's not, you know, the real issue here. It's But now he's like, okay. So what do you? So now they're concerned. Okay, he might only be available for road games. Sector, that is just. I mean, that's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I mean, at this point, everybody has it. Just get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Play for your team. You have a responsibility. I mean, he's trying to you know use his image to, you know, create a stance, and it's like, what stance? You're. It's just. At this point, too, it's not just about that. Now you're making it so, like, you know, people that are are, are losing their jobs, you know, because they're taking a stance of the vaccines. Like, what's this pride thing about? Like, COVID doesn't affect everybody. You know, and I'm not trying to get political here. I, I tend to stay away from that on the podcast. I don't even think this is even political. I'm just – if if your job is on the line and all you have to do is get the vaccine, get it. What are you doing? You, you a not playing for your team and you're like the best player on the team they they need you or you know one of three best players but they obviously with him not being there last year being hurt that affected them you're losing money and you're also at this point you're just talking nonsense like you obviously don't believe in the vaccine either it's not just people that lost their jobs you haven't gotten it yet for a reason it's not just like you you this happened after you know you've made your decision a long time ago you weren't going to get it um, and at this point, it's like, this is just, it's so stupid. Just get the vaccine, play for your team. I think it ultimately end up will getting it. I don't see how he doesn't, but it just blows my mind at this point. Everybody has it. Everybody's fine. Get it. I don't, I don't see what the issue is. You're, we're just trying to help you live here, buddy. Just trying to help you live. All you have to do is get the shot, play basketball. You, you have a pretty sweet life, Kyrie. You know, don't fuck this up. G-Force Spotlight of the Week. My G4 spot of the week, I actually have two, uh, two pretty big games, uh, one today, one Sunday. Um, Giants and Dodgers tonight tied two all in the divisional series. First time they've played each other in the playoffs, believe it or not. It's It's been a weird series. It's been kind of a quiet series. It hasn't been like super exciting. It's pretty much just been like one team dominating the other, just kind of rotating back and forth, literally. Um... I I want to see the Giants win at this point. I mean, they've had such an unbelievable year. And so, and so have the Dodgers, obviously. I, I have that feeling the Dodgers are going to win, though. It's just because it's the freaking Dodgers. And they always seem to find a way when it counts. That's why they are the Dodgers. Um, but the Gi- I mean, the Giants are at home. They played so well at home. Um, but their offense is not clicking right now. Chris Bryant has been saving them. And he's in like 430 compared to like the team of 180. Everybody else could buy for like 189. 
I can. I mean, the Gi- I'm rooting for the Do- or I'm rooting for the Giants, hundred percent. Um, but I somehow just have that feeling the Dodgers are going to squeak by. I think it's going to be an awesome game, though. I really do. I think it should be, you know, game five, like deciding game. Dodgers. It's it's what we've all been waiting for the whole season. You know, we, we, we've all talked about them meeting up in the playoffs, uh, and I mean, no better way than to have a game five to decide it. Uh, the Atlanta Braves waiting for them you know, after being the Brew Crew. Uh, so it should be good series either way around. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Definitely going to tune in. But it's going to be a late one. So it starts at 8, so I don't expect that to be over until, like, 1 in the morning. Other game is on Sunday. We got Bears-Packers rivalry. You know, Bears, huge underdogs. Fields is going to play, though, it looks like. Even though he hyperextended his knee, I guess, I guess he's good to go. I don't know what to expect from this game either. The best thing is, is like, you know, the Packers are such favorites that it's like, you know what, we got nothing to lose. You know, if we lose, we're expected to lose. If we win, it's like, fuck you, Pack. Um, I I think the Packers are, are going to win, but I think the Bears are going to give a hell of a fight. I, I think it's going to be a good game for at least, you know, the start of the game, three quarters of the game. I mean, you never know when Aaron Rodgers is going to take over. He loves playing the Bears, especially at Soldier Field. Usually, usually he's just, oh, anywhere. He'll torch us. You know, he'll torch us in our backyard. Um, but uh, that's an exciting game. You know, just love Bears Packers, regardless of where anybody's at. And the Bears coming off a couple wins in a row. It's the time you want to play the pack. Get a little hot. Get a little steamy. Get a little pick six. That's what we need, baby. But excited for the next, you know, couple good matchups the next few days. You know, baseball playoffs gonna keep rolling. NFL, of course, always rolling. So strap it down. Watch some sports, baby. It is now time for my favorite segment on the RMT podcast, the Fickner Fantasy Cup Pod, the best fantasy league in the fucking world. Where, where, where's Clayton Lyons at? What's, what's his league looking like? I would love to see uh, Clayton Lyons, Chris Bradmar, and I would love to see what they're up to. I'm turning my attentions uh, to you guys this week. I bet you guys have some. You know, some some cool fantasy league you guys love. Um, but it, it just it's just it doesn't compare Gil Martin. It doesn't compare Gil Martin to what we have going on in Fickland. It just doesn't. And you might as well pack it up, Dan Evans, call it a day. Um, you guys have a little fun over there, whatever you guys are up to. Probably call Colin McGregor, get him involved. Uh, who knows what what kind of party's going on over there, but it just doesn't compare to the gods of Fick. And it's just as simple as that. Chris Kloss knows. He knows. He just fucking knows. Um, and don't even get me started on Ace's model. He knows as well um, that the Fict is just the almighty. It's the almighty. Uh, but to get into it, uh, huge week last week for some teams. The saloons are back. I mean, the saloons are so back. I mean, we were dead in the water. Um, um, but we're back two in a row. Uh, we're we're coming for the gold, we're we're coming for the conundrums this week. Uh, had had to take the commissioner out back last week. Um, it's just the way things have to be done in saloon in saloon land. Uh, but we're we're back. We have some mojo. We have some fire. Uh, we 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 most importantly see the light. We see the light. Um, but let's just get right down to it uh, for matchups last week. Uh, and I want to start with the saloons and the commissioner. 
Uh, it was a wild one. Uh, the saloons looking like they were going to take an easy dub. Uh, Boyd decided not to start a tight end. Not that it, it would have really mattered. Uh, he lost Kittle to the IR. Picked up Cameron Bray. Didn't start him. He, he only put up 1.7. So ultimately, um, you know, the tight end jokes were there for a little bit. Uh, after Justin Herbert decided to put up 40. Um, so they got... Boyd right back in the game, uh, and then with Jonathan Taylor scoring a 70-yard touchdown right to start the game, Riddle thought he was fucked. Uh, the saloons were, the saloons were pissed. You know, this was a huge game. You, you want two and three looks a whole lot better than one and four. Um, and you know when he put in the group chat, "Don't need a tight end." I knew it was coming. I got a little heated, and, and I hate being that guy that then just you know. Of course, I was like, "Fuck you, Luke. You know you suck." You know, I was definitely bad. Um, and then of course I won. So I was that guy that started complaining in the group chat. Um, and then of course he won. So I really had nothing to say, but you know what? Fuck it. I don't care how that happens. Uh, I was, I was into it. I was pissed. Boy was talking shit. And you know what? He talked too early. He even said it himself. I probably talked too early. Lamar Jackson putting up 42 himself, getting me that fantasy dub. We are now two and three saloons are on a mission. We don't need a name change. We keep it rolling. We keep the train rolling. Next matchup here, blowout city here. We had Boydito Mussolini taking crusty clams to the woodshed. I mean, 158 to 106. Another just disgusting loss for Holman. Another team putting up the most, or he didn't put up the most points, but he put up, you know, a 158 spot. Holman cannot catch a break. The clams have drades. How do they get out of it? Luckily, there's so much time. I mean, Holman loves being one and four. He loves being one and four. Doesn't matter if his team is good or bad, he will be one and four every year. But he just, but he always finds a way. He always finds a way. So how will he get out of the hole this time? Holman, we will be watching. Bonito moving to three and two. A lot of credit to Lebo. I had him, you know, ranked last. I think to start the power or you know the preseason rankings, especially after week one. He's put an awesome campaign together. Uh, you know, after coming in second last year, so Bonito's right there. Uh, Lebo feeling really good about himself being three and two. His team's putting up numbers. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, I see Boydito making a run for this thing again this year. Next matchup here, we had a, a matchup of the top two teams in the league according to the power rankings: Tate's Big Sam taking on Cats Conundrum, and it was the Conundrums eking out a two point victory. The Conundrums just every week just grinding out a victory, uh, putting up you know decent numbers this week. Uh, but finding a way, you don't want to play the conundrums come playoff season. They find out, you know, they're they find out how to, ways to win close games. They're like the Oklahoma Sooners; they win one possession games every week. But they, the most important thing is they keep winning. So they don't care how they're form one. Um, the conundrums are looking good, uh, along with uh, Tete's. That's the first loss on the season for Tete's. So not a bad loss there, um, but ultimately it was. A conundrum's taking it to him at the end. Next matchup here, we have MMC, Minneapolis Mike Caputo's taking on Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun. Uh, and it was Vegas Sun getting the 144 to 110 victory. Don't let the score fool you. Um, MMC leading into the game. Um, but Mark Andrews and, Mar- and Hollywood Brown combining for 60-somewhat points. I mean, you can't do anything about that. No one would have expected, um, you know, those type of numbers from those guys. I mean, good players, but 60 points. Holy shit. 
Um, both putting up around, you know, Andrews put up more than 30. Hollywood was like 29.6. Um, so Vegas with a huge dub there, moving him to 3-2. and two. MMC definitely had a drop in the power rankings a little bit. Just has to be done, moving to 2-3. and three. Um, But tough loss to uh, Dan Fernando, losing to your dad. I mean, you're losing to your dad, uh, Dr. Dan, giving you that fat schlong. Uh, in the dentist chair. Um, still love your team, though, MMC. MMC, man, I can't get it right because he has his good team, but his record is deceiving. You know, he's always just, like, right around 500 lately. You know, you know he's had years where he's dominated. Um, but he's always just, like, I never – his team always looks different every, every time I look at it. So can't figure that team out. So I know – I'm sure he's never sad. So he goes, like, all over the power rankings board. I don't know how to put him anywhere. So if you're pissed about it, Sorry, Nato. I know you love RMT, though. Give me that D. And the last matchup here might have been the best offensive performance in Fickner Cup history. No one's put up 200 points ever, but this was the closest. McGee's Human Centipede putting up 192. I repeat, 190 fucking 2 to 102 curtains. Curtains taking another L. That's the fourth loss in a row for Curtains uh, after starting the season. Such promise after going one and zero. You know, you you go one and zero, and you think you just figured it all out, and then you look down, and you're like, holy fuck, one and four. A lot of time left to go in the season. Coughlin never gives up. Uh, everyone knows I, I'm I'm horny for Curtains, um, but maybe the name change, maybe not the right change. You, you know, you gotta start going back to the drawing board. Was it the right time to go for that change? You know, how much did you put into the name change? There's a lot of factors that goes into it. So, Fit Gods might be punishing, um, but as we see at Curtains and the Clams, bottom of the league at one and four, gonna have to step it up. A lot of time to do it. It's only, we're only going into week six here. So, you know, a lot of time to counter. It's what countering is for. Um, the Saloons were 0 3. We are now 2 and 3. That doesn't guarantee me anything, but it's possible to win, you know. You win two games in a row, you are back into the thick of things. Uh, this league's going to be close to the end. Uh, so this, this is going to take me to end of week five, start of week six power rankings. Uh, and I'm just going to hop right into it. At number 10, we have once again the Curtains, Kyle Coughlin, uh, losing for the fourth time in a row. Going to have to step it up. Uh, he knows how to do it. If there's one guy that I know how to get out of the hole, it's Coughlin. Um, but currently at number 10, lots of work to do. And number nine, not too far ahead of him, we have Ethan Holman, um, the the Krusty Clams, uh, dropping two spots in the power rankings from seven to nine. Tough luck this year for the Clams. Um, he has a good team, just cannot seem to find the right matchup. Can't seem to put up the points when he needs it. Gonna have to figure it out. Hopefully, he gets start having some luck going his way. But ultimately, it is Holman at nine. Number eight. We have dropping from number four to number eight, Mr. Nick Fernando. It might be biased. You know, him and the saloons are tied, but I'm going for the points four. We have not played each other yet. All right, the saloons coming in at number seven here uh, with, you know, 10 more points scored than Nato. I actually have 20 more points against as well. Um, so I'm going off the stats here. I can do that now. So Nato. I was high on you. I, I, I had you at four. I liked your team. You were two and two, but just like that, you're back down to eight. You know, you're you, you very well next week might be at number five again. So I don't know how it works, 
But currently, as we stand, Nato at eight, Saloon's at seven, Nasser at six, McGee's Human Centipede coming all the way back up from nine. He is now in a playoff spot. Um, huge offensive pr- performance that might just be the locker room talk that he needs. I know he loves his locker room talks. Uh, he, he got the boys in order this week. They're playing, uh, and, they, and and they played hard for a good coach. So Nasser moving up from nine to six, looking to make things happen in the playoffs. And number five, we have from number six to number five, we have big ticket Nick Pastovic, a huge win, going to three and two against Nato, two two and two teams going at it. Um, one team had to come out three and two. One team had to come out two and three, and it was big ticket with a huge Monday night performance from Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. And number four, we have from number five to number four, Boyd E two, Mussolini, Luke fucking Lebo bout that action. I was using that bout that action on Monday night. I needed him, Lebo, and he came through for me. So I get how the hype is real. Um, in Baltimore, it was sexy, it was huge, uh, but ultimately a huge win for you, uh, moving to 3-2, and two, force to reckon with in this league, putting up huge points, uh, going to be a hard team come playoff. At number three, we have the commissioner himself, Luke Boyd, um, taking a loss to the saloons last week, um, huge win for the saloons, Boyd, he will be fine, he's 3-2, and two. he's the commissioner, he unfortunately always finds a way. He almost did Monday night. Um, but, you know, hopefully, you know, he's playing curtains this week. Uh, let's hope for another upset here. We would love an upset uh, on the West Coast. Curtains, it's their team. Boyd's playing another team that's desperate for a win. So it's hard playing those teams. Uh, so we'll see who comes out on top on that matchup. At number two, we have Big Sam Titez um, coming off his first loss of the season to the Conundrums. Um, so ultimately moving from number one to number two, um, not, n- nothing to worry in big Samville. That's uh, his first loss on the year. Uh, but you know, but once you get that one loss, you know, you gotta make sure you rebound the next week. Gotta take care of business. Um, but plenty of room being four and one, which makes number one team in the week six power rankings. Once again, we have Matthew Kleinhands, the conundrums finding their way back only with one loss in the season, but lots of flack for the, the lack of offense uh, found the offense or found enough offense at least this week to earn his way back, taking out the number one team, Big Sam, putting him at the top, um, concluding your week six power rankings with the conundrums. Let's go into the week six pro, uh, matchups here. Uh, last thing I'll do before I sign off. Um, first game here we have Boydito Mussolini taking on MMC. Post projected 119. This is going to be a... I mean, this is a toss-up. Uh, I like MMC at home here. You know, the, with with the slight edge. Coming off a tough loss. Going to be horny for a win. Um, first time I said horny today. That's kind of concerning. Uh, better get more horny. Um, but I think MMC takes it to the wire with Boydito uh, and wins on a buzzer beater. Uh, the Saloons taking on the Conundrums. Huge matchup here. Saloons taking out Boyd last week, going for another top seed's throat. Uh, Got to take the Saloons money line in this. Um, if McCaffrey plays, definitely going to be fat, juicy money lines for the Saloons. If he doesn't, might be slightly favored, but it's going to be a tough matchup. Saloons know they're going to need a battle to win this one, but it's going to be Saloons ultimately coming out at the end. 
Another huge matchup here, we have the commissioner taking on the curtains, Kyle Coughlin. Coughlin desperate for a win here. Um, I know I said earlier I was hoping for uh, a curtains win. I'm going to have to ride with the commissioner here. I think the commissioner gets it done. Um, you know, coming off two straight losses, doesn't want to make it a third. Curtains can't seem to find the offense right now. Um, so I think it's the commissioner that takes care of business uh, handily at the end against Curtains. Who's going to give him a fight, but ultimately it's going to be the commission. Um, Tite's taking on the Krusty Clams. Um, Holman desperate for a win here. And, and I think Holman gets it. I think he gives Big Sam his second straight loss. Um, I think Big Sam did come down to earth a little bit. Uh, and the Clams are due for a win. They If, you, if it's not, if it's... Not a win at one and four. I don't know what it's going to be. Can't go, you know, too many more losses before you're thinking rebuild. So the clams get it done uh, in somewhat dramatic fashion, uh, winning in a gross, grinded out game. Uh, and then our last matchup here, uh, a good rivalry matchup here, uh, especially with records. McGee's Human Centipede, Mike Nasser taking on Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun, big ticket. Uh, two head-to-head rivals here, both good play callers. Um, but it's also going to be McGee's getting it done. Offense too good um, for big ticket, even though you have Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. It's just not going to be done against, you know, a sexy Alvin Kamara and the McGee centipedes. I take the centipedes here uh, in a shootout. In a shootout. Um, going to be exciting week six. Um, you know, this, this time in fantasy, it's, it's, it's what you call the witching hour. Uh, so... It's now or never uh, in Fickland. Who's going to get it done? Time will tell. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Big weekend of sports. Ahead of us, it's fall. You know, it's beautiful outside. It's, it's muggy. It's gross. But, you know, it's time, to get, you know it's, it's time to cuddle. It's time to cuddle up in those sheets. Uh, light that fire up. Uh, get funky with it. You deserve it for yourself. Open a bottle of whiskey. Get classy. But I love you guys. I hope you guys have an awesome pre-couple weekends to Halloween. It's a great time of the year. Let's get after it. I'll see you guys next week. RMT out.